Welcome to Slate Church. We are so glad that you're tuning in today and pray that wherever you are, this message will bless you. If this impacts you in any way, we would love to hear about it. Send an email to mystory@slatechurch.com. Hey church, Pastor Luke here. You know, it's week one of our Holy Habits series. As lead pastors, we're so excited for all that God is gonna do in and through this series. We're really believing that lives are gonna be impacted in a powerful way as we talk about Holy Habits. You know, Holy Habits are something that uh, is important to us as a church, and we can't wait to get into it over these next coming weeks. Habits is something that we talk about a lot when it comes to our society and our culture. Maybe you're here and you're watching and you've got some good habits in your life. Maybe you're a person, you got good habits around um, your finances. Maybe you got good habits around eating healthy. Maybe you got good habits around exercise and that's awesome. Maybe you're here and you're a person, you got some bad habits in your life. Um, come on, any nail biters in the place? <laughs> if you bite your nails, why don't you put your hand in the air? Come on, not halfway, put it up all the way, be proud about it, put it up, uh, show, come on, show the world those gross fingernails, let them see. <laughs> okay, you can put your hands down. Uh, maybe you got the bad habit, not of biting your, your hand nails. Uh, does anybody have the bad habit of biting their toenails? Come on, hands up, be honest. All right, that's disgusting. Okay, too much information right there. Uh, although, hey, pretty impressive as to how flexible you are, so you got that going for you, that's cool. Maybe though the, the bad habits in your life are, are, are not maybe that dramatic. Maybe the bad habits you have is that you spend too much time on social media. Maybe the bad habit in your life is, is just that you, know, you shop too much. I don't know what it might be for you. Maybe you're more just kind of a, got a normal balance. You've got some good habits in your life that you're proud of and you've got some bad habits in your life that you're working to fix. I don't know where you're at on the spectrum of habits, but I think that all of us would admit that in one way or another, habits contribute to who we are as people. And if you go to any uh, bookstore, you can notice how important habits seem to be to our society. Go to any bookstore, go to the self-help section, and guaranteed you're gonna find a book about habits, about how to set good ones, about how to break bad ones. And I think that's awesome. There's nothing wrong with that, and we should pursue that in our lives. But so often, we spend so much time thinking about and trying to fix these physical habits in our lives, and we absolutely neglect focusing on the spiritual habits of our lives, the spiritual disciplines of our lives, those holy habits, those things which contribute to our spiritual growth as people in our lives. And I think it's time that we talk about holy habits and how we can pursue more of Jesus through our day-to-day -day living. It's been said before that superficiality is the curse of our age. And I think that this is true. And really, I think that what our culture needs now more than anything is not just more intelligent people, is not just more gifted people or good-looking people or influential people, but really what our culture needs today is more deep people. Psalm 42 verse 7 says that deep calls to deep. And maybe you've experienced that in your own life. Maybe you've experienced just a deep longing 
just in the depths of who you are. Maybe you've experienced a call that there is more on your life. Maybe you've just got this holy discontent that when it comes to your spirituality, when it comes to your relationship with Jesus, that there's got to be more, that there must be more in your life. And, you know, we really think as lead pastors that through our holy habits, through our spiritual disciplines, that we're going to be able to, as people, step into all that that more is, that more, that deep longing. We're going to be able to step into and realize what that actually is in our lives through this series. You know, holy habits and spiritual disciplines, what they serve to do is they actually put us in front of God so that he can transform us spiritually in our lives. Richard Foster, he says that spiritual disciplines are the means that God uses to build in us an inner person that is characterized by peace and joy and freedom. You know, there's a man that we read about in the Bible, his name is Moses, and God used Moses to do some incredible things. Uh, Moses led the Israelite people out of slavery in Egypt. He, uh, you, God used him to part the Red Sea. He met with God on Mount Sinai and received the Ten Commandments. If there's somebody in the Bible who has an intimate relationship with God, it's Moses. But before Moses got there, he had a decision to make earlier in his life. And we can read all about what happens in Exodus 3, verse 1 to 4. It says, Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, listen to this church, pay attention. Moses said, I will turn aside. I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called, him out of, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. The text says that Moses turned aside. You know, everything changed at Moses' willingness to, tur to turn aside, to interrupt his daily routine, to interrupt his nine to five, his normal way of living. Everything changed when Moses decided to turn aside and face the presence of God and all that he was calling him to do. Moses could have just kept on going. He could have turned the other way. But if he had done that, he would have missed the exodus. He would have missed the people of Israel. He would have missed uh, meeting God on the Mount Sinai. He would have missed everything that God had in store for him if he wasn't willing to turn aside from his day-to-day -day living and focus on the presence of God. You know, our holy habits really are our act of turning aside from our daily routine, from what we deem important, from what the world around us tells us, tells us is important. Our holy habits is our turning aside from those things and focusing ourselves on the presence of God at work in our lives on a daily basis. Our habits, our holy habits, our spiritual disciplines, again, they place us before God so that God can work in our lives transform us spiritually and when we are spiritually transformed we don't just do the things that Jesus would have done but we actually find ourselves wanting to do the things that Jesus would do all of a sudden as we pursue holy habits in our lives we're not so consumed with just filling the check marks of doing the right things but instead we focus on becoming the right sort of person for whom doing the right things is just second nature you know our ultimate goal as Christians is not just to get into heaven but it's actually to get heaven into us and get heaven into the world around us. And our holy habits uh, work as a means by which God grows us into this type of person. So here we are, church. We're on the, the cusp of 
this Holy Habits series. Let's be people who are willing through holy habits and spiritual disciplines to place ourselves before God. Let's be people who are willing to be spiritually transformed by Him and by His presence at work in our lives. Really, I think that as we focus on some of these inner practices, it's going to have a profound effect on the outward impact that we have as a church and as individuals. You know, the ultimate effect of spiritual disciplines on our lives will ultimately affect the world around us. It's time for us to take the gospel out of the church, uh, out of uh, Sunday services, and out of just being exclusive to Sundays, and take the gospel into our workplaces, take it into our classrooms, take it into the shopping malls that we go to, take it into the government office, take it into the scientific laboratory, take it everywhere that we take ourselves. And we're going to do this through holy habits as we place ourselves daily presence of God as we turn aside from our daily routine and as we focus on God's presence and as we allow, allow him to spiritually transform us into the people that he has called us to be to do all that he has called us to do. So here we go church. We're on this journey together. The only prerequisite is a longing for more of Jesus. If you have that, you are ready to go. We're excited for what God's going to do through this Holy Habits series. But um, I don't know how I'm going to match that because somehow every time you put music behind, uh, behind a, a speaker, all of a sudden it sounds so much better. And uh, so now it just sounds really boring. It sounds like I have nothing to offer. And uh, I, should just get some, I should just get some music behind me. Um, anybody, anybody back there can come up on the stage, give me some music. Hey, give it up for Mitch. All right. <laughs> You going to do some background music for me? All right. If you have your Bibles today, won't you turn with me to Mark chapter 1. That's where we're going to be today as we uh, start this Holy Habit series. Um, today, this is a five-week series, by the way, we're going to be doing. Uh, today is all about just creating a, a, a hunger for Holy Habits. Um, that's what today is about because we're going to go over a lot of the different uh, spiritual disciplines over this next um, four weeks. Oh, this is so good. Come on. Give it to me. All right, here we go. So in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. Come on. Isn't this better? Keep it going. Keep it going. All right, it's going to get better. Actually, where's our drummer? Is it, is it, yeah, here he comes. Give it up for James. All right. Let's start this over. It says in verse 35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. Hey, this is fun. I said Jesus got up. I think I should be in a band. All right, here we go. All right. I just, just pause. We got to do a little disclaimer. Um, somebody's going to get upset that we played ACDC in church. Um, I don't even know what song you're, you're playing. What song? I'm glad it's not Highway to Hell. <laughs> that that would have really made people upset. Um, or she shook me all night long. That would have been even worse. Uh, that should have been done in the relationship series. Let's get back to it. Back in black. All right. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. 
Here we go. So much better with music behind me. It says he left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went out to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let's go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. For that is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Come on, let's give it up for our band. <laughs> amazing. That was amazing. That was that was my favorite. That was my favorite. Now, now I'm gonna pray. So maybe just some spiritual music. So all the people that are worried, ACDC just impacted their souls in a negative way, can have it back. That was the most exciting scripture reading I have ever had in my life. Here we go. God, thank you so much for an incredible morning. God, thank you that truly um, church is a place where it can be enjoyed, not just endured. <laughs> and uh, we just pray right now for ACDC, wherever they find themselves. <laughs> but God, we also just like honestly pray that as we go into this new series of holy habits that um, you would have your way and God we're, we're here and uh, there's actually like a really big hunger um, there's actually a lot of excitement for this series in our church and it just shows like hey God we want we want more of you so God as we speak today as we start to get our hearts ready for what you want to do throughout the next month or so God we just pray that you would um, do something special in this room pray this in Jesus name and everybody said Amen. All right. Thank you, Mitch. Thank you, James. And that was, that was the best. Luke, Victoria, and Emma are not here this morning, which is why that happened. <laughs> Don't tell them. Don't tell them. Emma, uh, my wife, she's speaking at the City Church in Mississauga this morning, uh, which is really cool. It's really awesome that we get the opportunity as pastors to go and um, uh, have an opportunity to, to communicate and, and bless other churches. Of course, the pastor there, one of the pastors there, Brent Coulter, he's on our board, and so we have a good relationship with them. And then Pastor Luke and Pastor Victoria, they are in Elmira. And uh, that's just a reminder that Elmira, one of our extension services, um, is getting another uh, friend uh, coming this September. We're launching our fourth location, and uh, we're really excited about that. So get ready for it. Um, I want to talk a little bit, obviously, today about holy habits, and today we're just going to talk about this idea that we need to create intentional habits because our habits will create us. Uh, somebody once said that you make habits and then your habits make you, and uh, this probably came out of one of those self-help books that Luke, Pastor Luke was talking about just a moment ago, um, but this is actually the truth, that when we create habits, those habits start creating who we are. And it actually um, starts to uh, cause us to, to take on an, an, an identity based on what we're doing a lot. A habit is quite simply something that we do um, over and over again, often without thinking. And so sometimes we think like habits are intentional thing. Like I, we're fighting to put good habits in our lives. Like anybody fight to just floss your teeth? You're like, that's like a big, this is a place you can be honest. Like you can't lie to God. Like God's looking. He's like, he's like, hey, James, you should put up your hand, you know, like, like this is a good opportunity to be truthful in church. But, um, you know, this is something that obviously 
a lot of people uh, struggle with. You know, I, I struggled with it for a long time until I had a $7,000 dentist bill. And then you better believe it that I started flossing, right? And so sometimes it's, a, it's an intentional thing that we do. But sometimes it's just something that we're doing without, we, without even thinking it. And we do it. And we do it over and over and over again. Like uh, drive by people really angrily on the highway. Or, uh, you know... I could give you a lot of other examples, but it'll start getting too personal, so um, we'll, we'll avoid that. But, you know, it was, um, I, I think I was in grade four, and I started running. And uh, you got to know that in grade four, I had, like, a lot of hopes and dreams for running, and specifically, like, that cross-country, like, longer distances. And, uh, you know, I don't know why. It was just, like, in me from a young kid, but I thought, like, I had to be a good runner. My dad um, isn't particularly like a great runner. He runs a lot or used to run a lot at least. Um, but if you've ever seen him, he's like five foot nothing. And, uh, I'm kidding. Honor your parents. My dad is a very tall man, slender, you know, really great for, he's not very good for cross country. He's like, he doesn't have a runner build. So I don't know why it was in me so much, but I remember I would be running grade four, grade five, grade six. And let me tell you, I was the worst runner in my entire school. In fact, I was probably the worst runner in the entire region. I remember one time running up a hill. I remember the hill. I could take you back to the forest. I've never run there since, but I remember the hill, and I am, like, dying running up this hill. And I didn't think anybody else really paid attention to anybody else while they were running, but it was, like, 10 years later when I ran into somebody, and they said, you're that guy, and they said, back in grade five, and I'm like, what are you, what are you, where are you going with this? Back in grade five, we were running in Ganaraska Forest. We were going up this hill, and all I heard as I was running up the hill was some kid at the top, and he's going like, <laughs> and I, I remember going like, this guy's going to die. And he's like, you're that guy. And I'm like, I'm not that guy, you know? And so I, I remember just being terrible. And then all of a sudden, one day, my dad, you know, he invited me to start running with him, and it's amazing because since, uh, uh, basically since I was in grade four, um, I started running with my dad and it started actually riding a bike beside him, trying to keep up with him. And then we'd go and drop my bike off halfway in a ditch somewhere. And then I'd run, uh, or I'd run halfway, pick up the bike and do the rest. And then eventually we got further and I started running. And it's amazing what happened over the next uh, uh, eight years, right up until I was in grade 12, because um, not only did I get better at running, and I wasn't the worst runner anymore, and I went on to, to, to uh, like, like, uh, feel really proud with what I did with running, um, but in the process, I actually started to gain a new identity. You see, it's interesting because not often do we pay attention to the habits that are, are, are making us, but often the things that we spend a lot of time doing are the things that actually start giving us a bit of an identity for who we are. You see, all of a sudden, I came from, uh, I came from being a very, like, insecure, kind of, like, shy, um, grade four, grade five, grade six kind of kid. It's at the end of grade 12, because I started winning races and on all the rest, I started having a bit of self-confidence. I started thinking, hey, I, I might actually be something. I, I, might, actually, I might actually, like, have, have the ability to do something with my life. I started realizing that when I put the work in, all of a sudden, results started coming. You see this with guys that go to the gym. You ever, uh, ever meet a CrossFitter? <laughs> He's like, I just stared at a CrossFitter. He's like, don't do it. Um, but no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, make fun of CrossFitters, but you ever meet a guy that goes to the gym and they start going to the gym and it's like three weeks in, all of a sudden they're like, got their tattoo appointment book. They've got like, you know, 
all of a sudden, they're, they're, they're walking around with one of these gallon jugs of water that they carry around with them. You're wondering, like, why, like, like did you just, like, draw chalk on the pavement, but they, like, got white hands, and they're, like, frothing at the mouth, and they're always telling you about their PBs and PRs, and you're like, I don't know any of these things that you're talking about, but, but, but it's interesting because, because habits be, start creating who we are. They start giving us an identity. All of a sudden, I'm not just, I'm not just Brandon. I'm Brandon the weightlifter, you know? I'm, I'm Brandon the, and, and, and we start to get a bit of an identity from, from who we are. You know, it was on these runs with my dad that not only did I get the identity of, hey, maybe I can accomplish something in this life, but I also got the identity that, hey, um, actually, God really cares about me. And the reason I got this was because I got so much face time with my dad. Every single day between grade four and grade 12, I, had, I knew I had either a half hour or an hour just by myself with my dad. And on those runs, it's amazing what I broke through. Some of you know that I grew up with OCD. I had a lot of addictive thoughts in my head that I couldn't get away from. In fact, my life was pretty messed up for a little while. And uh, it's something I'm proud of now, but you got to know that when I was going through that, that I, I, like, I, thought, I thought life was, like, I wasn't going to do much. But it's amazing through all this time with my dad how all of a sudden those things started breaking away from me. Things, moments that I would have in my life before grade four that I held on to and I thought, this is who I am now, all of a sudden started breaking away from me because my dad was there and he had a listening ear to tell me what was what, what was right, and what was wrong. You know, it's, it's really important to start to navigate through this life and start asking ourselves the questions, what am I doing with my time? And is this time bringing me closer to the kind of person that Jesus wants me to, me to be or not? You see, in Mark chapter 1, um, Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went to a solitary place where he prayed. This is Mark chapter 1. Mark has, I wish I knew it off the top of my head, but I don't. Let's see how many chapters Mark has. Garrett, thank you. That was impressive. <laughs> it says 16, 16. I was like, okay. So Mark has chapter uh, 16 chapters. And it's amazing because already we see in Mark chapter 1 how God or how Jesus is already preparing himself for all that's going to come in the rest of the chapters. Now, Jesus didn't live, live his life in chapters, but we actually begin to see that Jesus is setting his life up for all of the things that he's actually going to eventually do. Jesus is getting ready for all the things he's going to do, but he's not starting by jumping in and then, and then asking for help later. He's starting his ministry off by getting before the Father before he even goes. He, in fact, at different points in the gospel, Jesus says, I don't speak a word that I don't hear from the Father. You know, it's interesting because this gets pointed out a lot in churches, but it's something that we so often forget as we're saying, well, you know, maybe prayer isn't, isn't my love language with God. It's like we, we take all these, like, modern concepts. We're like, prayer's not really my love language. Like, long drives in the car are my love language with God. It's like, okay, that, that, that's fine. But there's something that, that, that is in prayer that we gather when we look at Jesus' life. Because it says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and went and prayed. We need to remember that Jesus was God, and yet he goes off to pray. Many of you have heard this before. Maybe some of you will wake up to this idea right now in this moment. But if Jesus, who was God, needed to wake up and pray, 
Why do we think that we can go about our days any differently? Why is it that we feel like we can go through our days and be like, you know what? I'm just going to take my chances today, you know? It's like some of us are addicted to anxiety. We're like, you know what? I could wake up and pray, or I could just worry all day about the things that I think are in my control, but are really in God's control, but I want to make it seem like I can get a little bit more control, and I'm just going to take a little risk. I'm going to go out into the wild by myself. You see, it says very early in the morning, Jesus got up. I, I love how it, it phrases this. It says in the morning he got up. He, he put it first. But not only did he get up in the morning, it says he got up early in the morning. But not only did it, does it say that, like Mark is trying to un- underscore something here for us. It says not only in the morning did he wake up, first things first, not only did he get up early, it says very early in the morning. Jesus got up. Maybe Jesus had a busy day. Maybe Jesus had a lot on his calendar that day. But what we learn from Jesus is that when we put prayer first, we start to reorder all the priorities in our spirits, and we actually begin to live out the kind of life that God is calling us to. I'm a big habits guy. I don't know if anybody else in here is, is into habits. Anybody else, like, like habits is like Jericho, Jared, all the J's, Emily, okay, not a J, but that's okay. Nate, now it's getting weird. Okay, um... But I'm a big habits guy. I, I really do like um, like uh, life hacks, body hacks, biohacks. Anybody know any of these kind of words like biohacks? You read up biohacks all the time. You wake up. You make sure you put 300 milliliters of water with a lemon into your body before anything else. This kind of stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Pack your bags the night before kind of people. Eat the same kind of breakfast every single day kind of people. Paring down your closet so you have less choices to make so you're not running into decision fatigue kind of people. Tanner's my man. He's like nodding his head. He's like, I get you. Thank you. Everybody else, what are you doing with your life? Everybody else is like, who are you? I love habits. And, uh, you know, one of the things that, that I do is, is I track my habits. In fact, this is my, my habit tracker sheet. I made it real small so nobody could see it. You don't know what I'm tracking habits on. You know, like videos uh, zooming in. It's like, don't look at my habits, you know. I'll read them out. Because uh, <laughs> you're asking. Um, somebody's pressuring me. But, you know, there's things that I care about in my life. I, you know, first up, I, I wake up at 5 a.m. and I make sure, okay, how many days can I do this? It looks like in the last 10 days, I've missed that f- four times. Not doing very good. Okay. Um, next up is Bible reading. I did that. We're just going to skip on to the next one. <laughs> I did that uh, eight out of 10 days. Um, the next one is the gym. I want to go to the gym every day. And so what I do is I have this whole calendar together, and every single day I'm tracking all of these things. I want to wake up at 5 a.m. I want to read my Bible. I want to go to the gym. I, I-, I want to pray. I want to read 25 pages of a book. I want to be home on time. When I tell my wife when I'm going to get home, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm home on time at the time I told her. I want to stretch and work out my abs. That's pretty specific. Listen, there's... That was awkward. I didn't, like, I don't know why I said that. I'm, I'm literally the one reading this. I didn't have to do that. Um, I want to plan my next day, the day before. So every single night, I get, I sit down, and I have a little sheet that I fill out to make sure I know what I'm doing the next day. I want to record my finances, what we spent that day. I record my macros and my weight. I drink 4,500 milliliters. I don't eat any sugar. No social scrolling, no social media, just scrolling through it. 
I want to make sure that I pray with my wife. I want to make sure I say I love you to Emma. I want to go to bed at 10 p.m. Listen, this is, my, this is my daily habit tracker. As you're listening to that, you're probably like, first of all, some of you that are older are probably like, uh, you should already just be naturally doing some of those things, <laughs> you know. Um, but some of us, maybe we're going like, oh, man, like, that's, uh, that's a lot, you know. Like, man, I, I'm, I'm so far from that. You know, I love um, Paul. And actually, Pastor Luke was giving us uh, a bit of a, a reminder of, of who Paul was yesterday. And I want to share that really quick. I found it fascinating. Um, Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And in the, his two-thirds of the New Testament, um, while he's writing it, he's in jail, he's doing all this different stuff, he's planting churches. But one thing that we know about the Apostle Paul is that he was a tent maker. And Pastor Luke was explaining yesterday some of the reading that he was doing was that Paul likely provided tents for a major athletic event, which was in, this, in the ancient Near East, was actually second to the Olympics. He was likely the guy that was actually providing all of the tents for, uh, for this, this athletic event that was going on. But Paul, in the middle of the athletics events, you start to see in his writing of the Bible, a lot of these athletic Im imagery start to come out into scripture. It's like, it's like he was working, but he was working so that he could be the kind of person that God had called him to be. He, he was a tent maker, but really his identity was as a child of God. You know, he, he had his job, but his job didn't define him. He actually allowed the spirit of God to define him and allowed his work to actually inform how he was going to live out the spirit of God. Very fascinating. But Paul says this one thing that I think is, is really important. Because in our day and age today, whether or not you have a list of, I don't know, 15 things you're tracking every day, or maybe you're just trying to go to the gym, or maybe you're just kicking yourself in the butt right now that you set New Year's resolutions back in January, and now you're going, today's March 1st, and you're like, well, maybe 10 months is like a good goal too, you know. You're starting to like justify it that way. I also love something that Paul says because he says, while physical training is of some value, spiritual training is of a heck of a lot more value. That's a, that's a Brandon Richardson translation for you, okay? The BRT. It's that uh, what, what, what we need to understand is that what we're trying to do as people of God is not try to just become better people, not just become more athletic people, not just become better looking people, not just to become more accomplished people, but we're actually just trying to be more of who God actually created us to be. We're actually trying to be human beings and not just human doings. So we need to, we need to consider the habits that we are creating so that we can understand how our habits create us. You know, I, I grew up just telling myself I'm not a morning person, but it's amazing how over time and, and since basically I've had kids, I've made it this goal that I'm going to be a 5 a.m. wake up kind of person. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm like the stereotypical like morning person, you know? I like walk outside in the morning. I'm like, hello, world. That's the first time I've ever fallen off the stage. That was on purpose. Um, you know, hello, world, and you're, like, just so excited, and it's because all of a sudden, the things that you're doing regularly start informing who you are, so I wonder today, people of God, are you, are, are you enacting holy habits in your life in a way that it's starting to inform who you are, not just in your mind, but also in your spirit as you start to live out your day, Now I love this because Jesus in this passage, says he woke up very early in the morning while it was still dark. He got up and went to a solitary place to pray. 
But other parts in the Bible, we actually see that Jesus puts in a good hard, day, uh, a good hard day's work, and he actually meets with God at the end of the day. And I think there's a lot of us in this room that were like, oh, I get the end of the day stuff. <laughs> like I get the, I'm, I'm an end of the day kind of meet with God kind of person. You might be identifying that with that today. And usually what that really means is that um, we wanted to do it, but we kind of like put it off to the end. Uh, we wanted to do it, but we forgot, forgot to do it, and then the day got busy. Or we didn't really want to do it, but we know we have to do it. And so I'll just quickly read a few passages on my Bible app before I fall asleep after scrolling Instagram. And you know what? After I'm done reading the Bible, I might, well, might as well go back to Instagram real quick anyway. And we do it at the end of the day, and we go, oh, I, I, get, the, I get the Jesus that prays at the end of the day. But it's interesting because what we get from Jesus' life is that he wasn't a, a pray at the beginning of the day kind of guy. He wasn't a pray at the end of the day kind of guy. He wasn't really a pray in the middle of the day kind of guy. You know what Jesus was? He was a pray, praying without ceasing kind of guy. And in fact, that's what the Apostle Paul encourages, encourages us to do is to pray without ceasing. You see, for Jesus, praying at the end of the day wasn't a way to get in time with his, with, with his dad before the sun set. It was a way to reflect and begin to sift through all the things that happened that day and to begin to hear from the Father how he's supposed to proceed in the next little while. You see, for him, it wasn't a thing to check off of his list. It was a lifeline to the Father in who he was becoming as the sacrifice son. It was so important to his identity. And so the, through this Holy Habit series, the one thing that we need to get into our hearts is that this isn't about doing, this is about being. This isn't about accomplishing, this is about becoming who God has created us to be. And unfortunately, if we look at holy habits the same way that sometimes we look at other habits in our lives, we'll actually try to end up trying to impress God rather than understanding it's out of the way that God looks at us that we actually live out these holy habits. See, so often we get, we get so discouraged when it comes to living out holy habits. We think like, oh, I got to do this or, you know, in order to be a good Christian or I heard we have to do this thing called fasting and praying and, and all of these different things. And we start to get a little guilty because we, we realize, oh, maybe we're not in right standing with God. And so we go, well, I need to do some of these habit things in order to be accepted by God. But that's not how holy habits work. Holy habits flow from the other direction. They're not to impress God. We actually meet with God out of an appreciation for how he already views us. You know, the one thing that I, I, I love about those years of running with my dad is that there was no pretense involved whatsoever. Like, I, I don't feel comfortable, and nor will I probably ever share some of the things I short, shared with my dad on those runs because they were so personal to what I was going through during that time, and that's okay. But it's amazing how free I was able to do that because guess what? I had a dad that every single day said, hey, Brandon, I'm proud of you. I had a dad that every single day when I was going through the, the, the beds of OCD that I don't have time to get into today would come into my room and put his hand, his big hand. You know, you know, if if you had a dad, you're a little 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 guy and or maybe a little girl and, and they come in and they pray for you and their big hands on your head. You know that feeling? I got that every single night from my dad for a stretch of three years because I couldn't sleep without prayer. And all of a sudden his hand, you know what? When you have a dad like that, you can't help but open up to him. You can't help but say, Dad, I, I want to go for a run with you. Hey dad, I wanna I, I wanna be with you, and I'll do whatever it takes in order to get you your ear. You see, Jesus isn't meeting up with God out of obligation, and neither should we. 
We don't need to impress God. God already loves you if you've accepted his free gift of salvation. That's what should be drawing us unto God. But so often, holy habits have this stigma attached to them. Like, well, when I meet up with God today, I've got to apologize for how many days is it? Oh, let me check my chart. Well, let, me check, let, let me check my Bible reading app. And you're, oh, my gosh, I haven't been in the Bible app for like 14. I'm 14 days behind on my Bible reading plan. And you come to God and you feel like the first thing you need to say is, sorry, God, for, you know, last 14 days, I, I just, you know, I tried, to, I tried to do all the stuff that you told me to, but God, I'm sorry. Like, I'll make it better this time. I'm, I'm not going to do that again. You know, I just sometimes think about how my dad would react to that if I went out for a run with him. You know, get out, put on our running shoes, you know, put on my little short shorts, um, which that's why I don't run anymore. Uh, put them on, put on my penny, and I go out running for, you know, a five-kilometer run. For the two, first two-and-a-half-kilometers, I'm with my dad. I'm just saying to him, like, hey, Dad, like, like I'm really sorry. Like, you know, I miss a few days running with you. And, and Dad, I, I really wanted to run with you, but, like, there's some other fun stuff. And I know I shouldn't be prioritizing that other fun stuff before running with you. And, and uh, you know, Dad, like, just sometimes running is so hard. And, and, you know, Dad, like, I'm really sorry. Like, I don't want to disappoint you. And, you know, we wouldn't get literally 50 meters down the road before my dad would be like, Brandon, be quiet. Like, let's just run together, okay? Like, I'm just glad you showed up today. <laughs> I'm just glad that you decided to put on your shoes today. I'm just glad to spend time with you today. Don't worry about that. I just want to, like, I mean, sometimes we depersonalize God so much, and we almost put our own empathy to other people beyond the empathy of God. It's like, well, well, yeah. Brandon's dad could do that, but God's a different story. No, 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 no. God, God is a different story. He's even more loving than my dad. He's even more understanding than my dad. All he wants is time with his kids. He wants to build some holy habits where all of a sudden your identity is coming from him and not what the world threw at you this week. And so if we're going to get holy habits deep within us, we need to understand something really closely about the life of Jesus. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place to pray. <laughs> I was just thinking about how, like, basically my whole message is based on one verse. And uh, uh, it's amazing what you can get out of one verse if you just spend some time with God. Because what we also learn from this, and I want to point out to you today, is that so often we want to meet God in his scriptures, in his holy scriptures, understanding what he has to say to us. God, what are your words for me today? We, we approach it and we go, in fact, in my Bible, I don't know about your Bible, but in my Bible, um, it's got about a, a, a lot of red lettering. Anybody have a red letter Bible? This means these are the, these are the parts where Jesus is speaking. And, and we can almost get to the point where when we're reading the scriptures, we, we just kind of like fly through the black stuff and we just get to like, what does God want? Like, what does Jesus say? And so we go, oh, like, let's just skip the very early in the morning while it was dark. Jesus got up, left the house, went to a solitary place where he played. Let's get on to where he says, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I've become. And we're like, what is he trying to say? You know, and, and, and we want the words of Jesus without the ways of Jesus. 
Like this, this, is, this is really important because if all we want are the words of Jesus, we'll miss out where the, the words of Jesus find their context. Listen, I, I want to encourage you if, if you're going to start a Bible reading plan because it's been failing for the first two months. Hey, start a new one today if you've got to. But I want to encourage you to read between the red lines as well. The red letters are important. I'm not saying one or the other. Both and, okay? But what we start to gather when we look at Jesus' life is there's a way he wants us to live, not just, the, not, not just to obey the words that he's spoken. Contextualize this for a second. Uh, we've got three kids. Kenzie's our oldest. Theo's middle. Claire's the youngest. Claire, by the way, proud parent moment uh, this past week, uh, took her first steps. Her first steps were like this. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever seen a, a, a first steps video? Uh, this is the case for Kenzie's or Claire's anyway. This past week, Emma sends me the video. She took her first steps. I'm like, yeah. I'm in a meeting and I'm like, oh, this is amazing. She sends a video. I'm like, oh, like I got to go to the bathroom, okay? You know, like, I go to the bathroom. I pull it out and there's Claire and she's, she goes, falls over. I'm like, yeah, you know, taking her first steps, and kids are amazing. We're always telling them stuff, always telling them stuff. I, I was getting them out of the house today because Emma's in, in uh, um, Mississauga, and so it's just me, and, you know, I'm always, I'm trying to tell them, like, Kenzie, put on your coat. Theo, put on your boots. Okay, Theo, put it, go outside. Theo, no, come back here, Theo. Put on your coat. Go outside. Come back here. You can't go out there without supervision. Kenzie, put on your coat. Kenzie, get Claire ready. It's just like all over the place, telling, telling, telling. Kenzie, you know I love you, right? Yeah, I know you love me. Kenzie, you know you're beautiful, right? Yeah, you know. Kenzie loves it when we sit her down. We just say these things. Kenzie, you're beautiful. And she sits there and she's like. <laughs> Kenzie, you know kids like affirmation because Kenzie will sit there as long, as long as you're saying nice things. Go on for five minutes and she'll just sit there like. You're beautiful. You're strong. That's great. The words are great. <laughs> but I came into the house the other day, and, 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 and I thought the TV was on full blast. Because all I hear is, Theo, no! And then, and then Theo going, no, Kenzie, you know! And then Kenzie back, like, they're arguing is on such a low level. It's like, no, you know, no! You know? They're going back and forth, and I'm like, what the heck, you know? And I break it up later on that night, all of a sudden... Um, all of a sudden, Kenzie yells out something to Theo, like, like, Theo, if you keep doing that, you're gonna, and she's yelling at him, I'm going, what in the world? When you're a parent, you start to realize that what you do rubs off on your kids even more than the words you say. And more of Emma is obviously rubbing off on these kids, I gotta tell you. Keep in, keep in mind, I'm a man of the Holy Scriptures. I just sit in a, I just read my Bible. So I Theo most days, you see him, he's just in his rocking chair, flipping, thumbing through the Bible. He's like dad, you know. Okay, they may have gotten the yelling thing from me a little bit. I'm a bit of an excited person, um, as you can see here today. But uh, it's interesting because we pick up, but, but, but why, as we become adults, do we not do the same thing with Jesus? See, we've got to follow the ways of Jesus if we're going to put the words of Jesus deep into our souls. Over this series, we're going to talk about different holy habits. 
And uh, ultimately, this whole series is not to give you more things to do, but more things to be able to respond out of your grace, or your, your thankfulness, your gratitude for who God is. Does that make sense? Every message that comes to us during this series is going to be a statement of, hey, God says this about you and giving you some more tools where you can walk away and just bask in his glory just a little bit longer. We want to create a hunger for the holy habits, not just give you more things to do. Some of these things we're going to talk about is evangelism. We're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about Sabbath. We're going to talk about fasting. We're going to talk about silence and solitude. And each of these things ultimately is to create a hunger in us so that as we create habits that begin to create us, that we actually find ourselves becoming the kind of people that Jesus has called us to become. Now, just one last word on what it looks like to hunger for holy habits before we end here today. You know, the only way to create a hunger in yourself, the two predominant ways to create a hunger in yourself is to eat more or to exercise. You ever meet somebody with a, like a really low appetite? This is my mom. I'm like sitting at the table. She's like, uh, I'm like helping serve the food or something. It's like lasagna. And she's like, you know, I put a little bit on her plate. She's like, no, 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 less. Okay. No, 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 less. My mom doesn't talk like this at all. <laughs> By the time I like, I'm done, she's got like one of those garnished leaves on her plate. I'm like, she's like I'm good. <laughs> you know, okay, mom. <laughs> good luck. The only way to create a hunger, because I hear this, they're like, oh, I, you know, I, I, I can't, I'm just, I'm just not very hungry. Well, the only way to get hungry is either to exercise more, which means your body needs more to come into you, or to eat more, which is to expand your stomach so that you actually feel more hungry over time. You see, I think that w- when it comes to spirituality, we actually have the same problem when it comes to our hunger. A lot of us in this room, we know Jesus. We know Jesus, but the reason we don't think holy habits are important because we haven't been dieting on them for very long. Or we've known Jesus for a long time and we've just chosen not to diet on them. It's like, hey, you're not gonna be excited about this series unless you've at one point understood what hunger really looks like for God, what desperation for the spiritual realm, what that actually looks like, what what the end result of all this really looks like. It, it, It gets more exciting over time, but some of us, I mean, We can't even just imagine like opening up our Bible every day and that's okay because why don't we start growing our hunger from that point? But the other thing that creates hunger is exercise. And it's another problem that plagues the church is that we come to places like this every single Sunday, but we're not willing to live out our faith. And so we actually, we we, we cease to be hungry for what God needs. Listen, for some of us, we're trying to understand why we're going into a, a, a series on holy habits. And it's because we're actually, we just have a hard time living out our faith. Listen, these, this, this series is not going to be valuable to you unless you're the kind of person that's saying, hey, I actually want to live out my faith in the world that we live in. I don't want to just, I just don't, I don't want to just know the words of God. I want to live out the way of Jesus. I, I, want, I want to live like Jesus did. I, I want to go into my workplace and have people excited I'm there because something different happens when I bring the presence of God inside. There's something different happens when all of a sudden I bring what God's been doing in my life this week into that place and I start encouraging out of a Holy Spirit encouragement. I'm not flattering people. I'm seeing people as Jesus sees them. You know, this is an opportunity for us as a church over this next four weeks after this week It's an opportunity for us to actually change the region that we live in. 
Listen, I want to remind you here at Slate Church, we're not built on the talents of a few. As lead pastors, guess what? I'm not going to come to your family reunion. I'm not going to go to your workplace. I refuse to talk to your relative about Jesus at your next Christmas gathering. I refuse to go there because Jesus has called all of us to be a priesthood of all believers, and we need to start understanding that God wants to do something in us as much as he wants to do it in anybody else in this room. Really excited for this journey. Really excited for what the next few weeks look like. Why don't we stand to our feet real quick? Thank you for watching. Again, if you were impacted by the message in any way, we would love to hear from you. Send us an email at mystory@slatechurch.com. If you'd like to learn more about Slate Church, head to our website and you can fill out one of our online connect cards. We would love to see you at one of our Sunday services. Remember, you can stay connected to what we're doing by finding us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.